Welcome to Sparkplug, where we talk to smart people working at the intersection of business and technology. Brought to you by Snowshoe, your smarter loyalty leader. Sparkplug is happy to welcome Max Cohen. He's the Scale AI Chair Professor of Retail and Operations Management at McGill University and also is the co-director of the Retail Innovation Lab there. He is the Chief AI Officer, ELNA Medical, and he is a scientific advisor in AI and data science. So Max's core expertise is at the intersection of data science and operations management. So he knows a lot about retail, ride sharing, airlines, sustainability, and he's worked with a lot of interesting companies like Google and Waze and Spotify and also Snowshoe. So we're excited to welcome him today. Welcome, Max. Thank you for having me. So great to have you here, Max. Will you start by sharing more about your education and career path leading up until now? I know that Ned mentioned some things, but we'd love to hear more about your background. Definitely. So actually, my background is all over the place. I was born and grew up in France, then moved to Israel. I did my formal education in Israel, then moved to the U.S., lived nine years in the U.S., and three years ago, moved here in Montreal, Canada, so lived in four countries. I started as an aerospace engineer for my bachelor's degree, then moved to electrical engineering for my master's, and then I did a PhD in operations research at MIT. And since then, I've been focusing on operations research, which is a discipline of applying mathematical modeling as well as optimization machine learning to solve real business problems. Wonderful. And I'm curious what initially drew you to pursue information technology in your education and then what led you to specializing in operations management and retail? Yeah, no, that's a great question, actually. I have thought a lot about this question in recent years. And what drove me to that discipline is the fact that I was always passionate by mathematics and numbers and technical skills. But I was also very attracted to the business world and the management type of decisions. And what I really like in operations management is bridging the gap between these two skills. It uses mathematics to solve real-world business problems and to have impact that can you know, benefit society, benefit people. So I really like the merging of those two worlds. And that's what made me make the decision to go to that discipline. Fascinating. So you've been a professor at McGill since 2019, and you taught previously. So have you always wanted to teach these disciplines as well? So that's a good question. So when you're in a university professor, teaching is a small part of your duties on some level. So I do teach and I love it and I really enjoy that part of my job. But most of my time is spent doing research, doing some consulting, working with companies, supervising graduate students. So I cannot say, unfortunately, that I always wanted to teach but I like it. And when I started doing my PhD, I was exploring several options for my career. And I was really attracted by the freedom that the academic world provides, as well as by the ability or the opportunity to transfer the knowledge to the next generation of students and young managers. And I was very excited about this opportunity to both do research with the freedom of the topic and the type of problems I can work on, as well as the option to potentially provide the knowledge I was provided by my teachers to the next generation. Right. And you also do this knowledge transfer through the Retail Innovation Lab. So you focus on testing innovations, I think I read, frictionless technologies to make the customer experience better. Can you tell us more about the Retail Innovation Lab? Yes, definitely. So that's an initiative I'm very excited about. So I'm one of the two co-directors for the Retail Innovation Lab at McGill University. So we open a convenience store in partnership with a large global retailer 
called Circle K or Alimentation Couchetard, like it's called in Quebec. And the store is on campus. It's open to the public, both students and non-students. And it's a live store. It's a real environment, but also allows researchers like myself and several of my colleagues to test new technology, to study consumer behavior, to collect the data for research and teaching purposes. And so, as you said, we are testing and trying out several technology advancements, one of them being these frictionless technologies that we've been tested in the last two years. And we have a lot of additional undergoing projects that I'm very excited about. Wonderful. Are you able to share the projects that are currently being researched? Yes, definitely. We have a lot of initiatives. Some of my colleagues are working on robotics, how to include robotics enhancement in physical convenience stores to help the consumer experience. Another one that I'm particularly excited, together with one of my colleagues, as well as a postdoctoral research associate, we are trying to work on a digital twinning of the store. So now there is a huge buzz around the metaverse and around physical slash online type of experiences. So we are trying to reproduce the exact same environment of our physical stores in a digital world. So we call it a digital twinning of the store. And then it can allow, in the future, our vision is to potentially allow consumers to wear kind of uh, virtual goggles to use augmented reality and virtual reality to enhance potentially the consumer experience. So that's one of them that I'm really excited about because it's very futuristic. It's also very trendy with all the metaverse discussions. Another one that I'm particularly excited with one of our doctoral students, we are working on trying to understand how can we incentivize consumers, in particular students, to make healthier food decisions when they go shopping. So because the store has mainly food options, we want to understand how can we make sure that people are more attracted to the food choices that are a little bit healthier and better for their health. So can we change the place locations of those items in the store? Can we change the pricing? Can we give some incentives? Can we get some type of targeted alerts on the app when people are shopping around the store? And we are testing out different mechanisms with the hope of inducing more healthy food choices. Mm. Well, it sounds like part of what you're doing is being able to analyze behavior and improve that behavior. Is that accurate? Yes, that's totally accurate. So we're collecting a lot of data on consumers' shopping experience. Of course, all the data is anonymized, preserves fully the privacy of users, but we still can collect enough data to understand the consumer experience and consumer behavior inside the store. And then we analyze this data and propose new innovative ways to improve the consumer experience, make it more efficient, more enjoyable, to also improve the retailer's profitability and sales. But last and not least, we also want to have a strong social impact by making sure that the data science algorithms that we are deploying are responsible, that are helping the society, in particular, for example, healthy food choices was kind of a good example. That's really wonderful. It's such a great real-world example. So also another position you hold is Chief AI Officer at ELNA Medical, ELNA Medical? Yeah, ELNA, ELNA Medical, exactly. ELNA Medical. And I understand it's the largest network of primary and specialty care clinics in Canada. So can you tell us how ELNA uses AI in its operations? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I've been switching from the retail sector to the healthcare sector. But at the end of the day, I observed that those two sectors are very similar. When you go shopping to a store, it can be online or offline. You are making decisions of what to buy, what to browse, and so on. Now, when you go to clinics, similarly, you can have online and offline. There is a big push of telemedicine in, in recent years. And you can also go physically to see a clinician. 
Then you also have to decide when to go, how often to go, which type of tests to do. So definitely there was a lot of similarity and I'm very excited in the next few years to apply my knowledge of AI more to the medical and healthcare sector. So Elna is, as you say, the largest network of clinics in Canada, almost 100 clinics in five provinces. And the goal now that there is a such a large network, there is a lot of data that is collected. Again, a very important challenge is to collect this data in a very secure fashion that preserves full anonymization as well as privacy of users because medical data is very sensitive, obviously. But then we also want to use this data to improve the patient experience. So observe that I replace the word consumer by patients, but at the same time, it's exactly the same problem. So how can we make sure that patients have a very pertinent type of experience, very personalized? Also, we don't want them to lose time. So when you go to the doctor, sometimes it takes forever. You have to fill in questionnaires. You have to repeat the same amount of information. If you can use infrastructure and digitalization of all of those questions and do a lot of work before you go to visit your physician, you can save a lot of time. Now, saving time for physicians, meaning that physicians can see more patients, and therefore it's increasing access to healthcare to like a larger masses. And that's something that we are very passionate about, trying to really improve the healthcare system to allow physicians to see more patients more efficiently with a more personalized experience. We're also doing a lot of work on leveraging AI for preventive medicine. So unfortunately, in many countries, prevention in medicine is something very rare, only for a very small portion of the population. And we want to somewhat democratize the access to personalized medicine as well as preventive medicine with a very large leverage of AI technologies. Got it. So you've talked about medicine, you've talked about AI, but one thing we haven't really discussed is the pandemic. The pandemic definitely affected how patients interacted. So do you think the pandemic led to overall better or worse healthcare experience? That's a hard question to answer. I definitely believe that the pandemic affected the way people are both shopping in retail stores as well as going to healthcare type of experiences. As we saw in retail, there was a huge acceleration of online shopping and e-commerce adoption. Similarly, in the pandemic, in the healthcare sector, we can feel that we also have a lot more people who are willing now to try telemedicine, to try to do some type of chat conversation with physicians and nurses. And from the healthcare practitioner side, also, there is a big push of making things much more efficient and faster. Because when people go to see the physician, they don't want to stay forever and in waiting rooms. So definitely, there is a big push of trying to make things more efficient, where minimal contact with other people when you go with patient encounters with physicians. So that's something that I see, in my opinion, is very beneficial for the entire system because telemedicine opens a lot of doors for patients to see physicians in a very seamless fashion and also to make the physical visits much more efficient, much faster, which again, increase the opportunity to see more patients and therefore to increase access. Very cool. And if you're not busy enough, Max, you are also the scientific advisor in AI and data science at Avado Labs. I understand the team at Avado believes so strongly in AI. And I'm just curious, why do you believe so strongly in this technology? And why should we all be paying attention to this technology? Yeah, no, I'm very fortunate and privileged to serve as a scientific advisor in data science and AI for Ivado Labs. Ivado Labs is a non-profit company that received a large budget from the Canadian government to help large Canadian corporations, but also smaller companies to adopt AI technology and assist them through their digitalization journey. 
Now, if you think about it, the question you ask is very interesting. The reason we are believing in the impact of AI for those companies is we saw it firsthand. We've been working with dozens of different companies from small startups to large corporations, and we could see how, if you do it properly, you start by collecting the right type of data, storing the right type of data, and then developing some predictive and also prescriptive ways of ingesting this data to make better decisions and better predictions that can definitely improve the bottom line of the company. So we saw it in many different sectors, in many different companies, and therefore we are big believers that AI can definitely help a company streamline their operations, optimize several of their operational decisions. And that's something we are very proud and very excited to see how the future will be totally driven by AI. Absolutely. We're all very curious to see that. Well, we've explored some interesting ideas in retail this past year on this podcast. We've had some guests who have talked about live stream shopping as well as augmented reality and other technologies. Are there any technologies that you're very curious about that you think will be absolutely a part of the future of retail? Yes, that's also a very interesting question. Definitely a lot of technologies I think will totally disrupt the way we are shopping around. So the first one is definitely robotics. We really see a lot of progress of several robots who can assist the shopping experience. So it can be a robot in a store moving around where you can ask questions, you can interact directly with a robot to ask a price of a product or to ask some type of nutritional content of a food product if you have any allergies. Robotics can help a lot in the customer facing as well as in the backhand facing. For example, to automate the warehouse. Most of large retailers now have automated warehouse and we see a lot of robotic systems that are able to automate some tasks that were very painful for humans and now allowing humans to take care of tasks that are much more So definitely robotics will be one of the technology I believe is going to really explode. Another one, going back to the project I mentioned before in the Retail Innovation Lab, will be all this digital store twinning as well as augmented reality. I really feel now that the line between offline and online experiences is getting more blurry and more blurry in the years. In the fact that now it will be very much the same, like you do offline, online, it will be very hard to know which is which and everything will be somewhat similar. And last but not least, I'm a big believer of leveraging AI at a very large scale, allowing a full personalized experience. When you go to the store, the store associate will receive a message on their iPad and they will know who you are. Again, somewhat preserving the privacy elements, but they will know what you bought in a previous trip, what you like, if you have allergies, if you have preferences, if we're talking about fashion, the type of clothing that you have, your budget. They can also ask you questions before you come to the store. So this type of personalized experience, I think, will be appreciated by a lot of people. And again, potentially offering the option to opt in or opt out for several customers who don't want to have this type of personalized service. But for people who would like to have this, it will allow each one of us to really have a personalized, fully customized experience, which I believe will be very enjoyable. Creating an enjoyable experience is important in a retail store and it keeps customers coming back. Is that return of customers important, that kind of loyalty, that ongoing commitment of returning? Yes, definitely very important. Today, we have very fierce competition in almost all verticals. So companies are always looking for creative ways to make sure that customers are loyal, they're returning, the lifetime value of customers should be as high as possible. 
So definitely that's something that a lot of companies are thinking a lot and spending a lot of efforts to understand. And here again, AI and data science can help quite a bit because the more data you collect about customers' experience and customer habits, then you can potentially understand who are the customers who are very loyal, who are the customers who are not loyal. And for those specific not loyal customers, you can potentially deploy some intervention that can convert some non-loyal customers to loyal customers by offering special discounts, personalized offers and so on, allowing you to increase your mass of loyal customers and ultimately making more profits. Absolutely. Well, Max, I'd love to hear your perspective on AI within retail. Can you paint us a picture of an ideal customer experience and interaction with AI in a retail setting? So again, I think my answer will go back to the previous point of personalized and efficient service. I think a lot of consumers now care about efficiency. I want to go to the store and I don't want to waste a huge amount of time waiting in line to check out. So there is a lot of technology providers who are providing some checkout solutions that are frictionless, where you don't wait in line, anything can be done with the aid of technology and AI. Another possibility is you come to the store and potentially the store associate already knows who you are, what type of product you browsed online, which type of products you bought in your previous visit to the store, and they can give you very pertinent, quick advice about what can be relevant for you. So to me, there was these two keywords, efficiency, personalization. And if I could add a third word, would be the word sustainability. I think there is a big push, especially with millennials and Gen Z type of customers that care a lot about social impact and sustainability of the retailers. So companies now are deploying a lot of efforts to make sure that the entire process, the entire manufacturing process is as sustainable and as friendly to the environment as possible. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. We've had many conversations on Sparkplug about sustainability and Gen Z, that being a very important thing to them. So I think that's so true. Well, I know that you've talked through several technologies already so far, but are there any other technologies that we should have on our radar, things we might see in a retail setting in the future? Oh boy, that's a hard one. I think I'm the most excited about this AR and VR, so augmented reality, virtual reality for online shopping to blurry totally this online, offline type of experiences. So I already mentioned it a couple of times. Another one, again, to say it again, is robotics. Robotics can be in multiple forms to reallocate items on the shelf. When there's an empty shelf, there is a camera already detecting, sending a message to a robot. The robot is bringing back items to the shelf. Another one is drone deliveries. A lot of companies have been talking quite a bit about it. Now we've seen several cities, we have Amazon one-day guarantee delivery, which is already huge progress if you compare that to five years ago. Maybe in the next few years, there'll be even faster deliveries within hours or minutes. So that's something that uh, will be very appreciated as customer service. Another one that will be very excited will be that instead of you shopping online, there will be kind of an automated smart engine shopping for you. That can potentially use your smart fridge with cameras in your fridge, seeing that you are missing milk, you are missing some other products, and will automatically trigger an order and delivering the order to you without you having to think about it. Now, of course, it raises a lot of questions in terms of ethics, in terms of privacy, in terms even of creepiness, right? There is some companies that have access to what's in your fridge and what is missing in your fridge. So definitely there's a lot of technical challenges to be solved at the intersection of AI and technology, as well as ethics, privacy, and all those important topics that are a little bit more towards regulations and law and how to really regulate the AI space 
as we move forward, is also a very interesting uh, challenge that will bring a lot of different people on the table, like economists, lawyers, regulators, technologists, data scientists, to all sit together to understand what is the power of AI and how to make sure that we regulate that space so that it doesn't interfere with customer privacy and customer ethics. Yeah, and to see what consumers want and what they'll put up with and how much customization they want while still protecting their data. That'll be really interesting. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Max, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a true pleasure chatting with you. We do have one last question, which is what would you like your legacy to be? What do you want to be remembered for? Oh boy, that's not an easy question. I mean, definitely being a professor provides some type of, as we're talking at the beginning, I can do some knowledge transfer to the next generation of students. So I'll be very pleased if by the end of my career, I could impact the lives of many students. When I teach, what I enjoy the most is the aha moments. When the students really finally understand that some of the concepts that I'm teaching have real-world application and can take those concepts from the classrooms to their own careers. And several years down the road, they send me an email. Hey, I remember the class that you taught us and I could use some of the concepts in my own role at my company and have an impact. That's something I'm really enjoying. That will be one of the legacy to impact many students at all levels, from undergraduate to graduate to executive level, and try to make sure that also all my work in research and consulting can have a positive impact on the society. So I'm trying in the next few years, working quite a bit on using AI with responsibility to make sure that all the deployment of AI solutions are also good for the environment, good for the ethics, the privacy of users. That's something I care a lot. And I would say the last one, as I said before, I decided to spend some of my time doing some AI and data science applied to the healthcare sector. So one thing I'll be very proud is at the end of my career, if I can potentially increase access to medicine to the largest number of patients, as well as to increase the use of AI for preventive medicine. As I said before, it's something that I feel potentially can save lives. And that would be something that I'd be very happy to play a very small part of this ecosystem and trying to help more people have better access to medical services as well as prevent diseases and try to increase the lifestyle of large number of people. Wow, that's a really ambitious legacy. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you very much for having me again. I really enjoyed the discussion. Thank you, we did as well. Sparkplug is a wholly owned property of Snowshoe. All content, copyright, 2021, Sparkplug Media.